thing in the monitor. I have a lot of light on the side of your face. You you do the intro, Steve. Hi, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, training, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing uh, podcast. Welcome to episode 318. This first ad was sent to us by a uh, friend of the show, Ryan Burke. Uh, this is a uh, 1993 Fender Jazzmaster Champ JMCH10. I've never seen one of these before. I've never seen one either, and that's why I grabbed the ad off of eBay. I was trolling around eBay looking for Jazzmaster parts just as I was Was there no description on this? Uh, I don't think there was. I didn't get a description anyway, so maybe you should check eBay real quick. Uh, But I'll describe what we're looking at here while Steve looks up for this eBay ad. Um, It is a small-bodied take on a Jazzmaster body. With a fender style neck on there. I can't tell if it's a short scale neck or not, but it's got a strap trim on it with one of those 90s plastic covered fender uh, humbuckers where you like there's no pull pieces or anything like the same kind of pickup that would have been in like the early bullets and stuff like that. This is. And it has a built in speaker in the pit guard. There's like a circular grill cut into the pit guard. So this is a battery amp in a guitar sort of concept, and it's only six hundred bucks on eBay. It's super super funky, uh, like Fender guitar I've never seen before. Hi there, here we go. This is a Fender Japan JMCH Champ Ten MIJ Sunburst, and it has a built-in speaker and onboard amp, but of course it can be plugged into a real amplifier. This guitar has a short twenty-four inch scale, so you can easily take it wherever you want. Come on now. 24 inch scale means you can take it wherever you want yeah you can just take it anywhere uh it's not much bigger than a set of cricket stumps if that's your sport built-in speaker is loud enough for practicing or singing a song with friends flick the switch to the third position and not only uh, it not only plays with distortion and even cooler when plugged into an amp the distortion mode works through the amp as well it has one nice sounding humbucker pickup and you'll be amazed at the sounds you can get from the single pickup with just a volume and tone controls is almost like a mellow bridge pickup strat sound all the way to twangy telly sound. It has a real cool little battery slot where you can just pop out the battery without messing around with the screwdriver. The only thing with the guitar is that your mates will probably laugh at you first until they hear it. Uh, overall, good condition. Only a few chips dents. Frets are excellent as well. Sorry, I don't have the tremolo bar, which is kind of fine because the tremolo was completely blocked. Is it blocked? I didn't look at it that close. Yeah, I, I saw blocked. the trim block and I was like, wow, they, oh, it is blocked. Uh, it looks like this was a bridge from a 12 string guitar, which is crazy to think about because were there any 12 string guitars that had a strat trim on them? Or maybe this was just like a design of trim blocks back then, but I've never seen anything like well, this. Well, this guitar's, it's not like it's that old. It's from the 90s. Yeah. I am seeing one with a trim. I'm trying to see if there's. I'm looking at through these reverb photos. Uh, there, they never take the 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 thing off. They never yeah. take it off. It's a bummer that the the. I mean, the trim is blocked off all the way to the point there's not even springs back there. Like they've wedged a piece of wood in there so tight that the bridge just isn't moving anymore. They took the springs and the claw out. There are a bunch of these on reverb. You said it was a twenty-four and a half inch scale. No, just twenty-four. Just twenty-four. I mean that is short for a Fender, not as short as my uh, my Duosonic. Uh, 
Well, it's like that's the normal short scale for Feather, yeah. right? I have a feeling I'd have a lot of fun with one of these. I'm not going to go spend 600 bucks to get one. That's actually a real... I mean, I, I guess it's a little beat up, but like... Well, there was a, there. They came in a couple of different colors, as far as I could see. There was like an Olympic white, and there was like a Sonic blue that looked really nice. The Sonic blue had like the perloid pit guard and stuff. I have a feeling those are the ones to get. Have you ever played around with with an, a guitar that had the built-in amp like this, like a Nomad or whatever um, they're called, the only Fernandez in like the ones? Store. Not. I've never like really like messed right. around with one a lot. I remember when I was super young learning to play i went into the local store and they had one of the fernandez ones and the the store clerk was trying to sell me on it so hard he's like you gotta try this thing you're gonna love this thing this is it you gotta buy this right now i was like no that's okay i'm really just here to like kick the tires on stuff because i don't have any money (laughs) one of those guys huh i've officially dicked with the lights is it better? I, I can't tell because the the, monitor, the screen's so far away and it's so tiny. Now it but just seems really bright. <laughs> it might be really bright. It might be really uh, tweaking the levels on this when I edit it. <laughs> I'll put the lights back to normal on the next episode. Uh, what what do you think, Steve? Do you think you'd ever be $600 curious for one of these? Um, like This is the sort of thing like we were talking weeks ago, like what we'd collect if we could collect guitars and put them away as like speculative investments. I mean, this is a wild... I would speculative, speculative investment, but this is the sort of thing I would want to grab because I'd want them to be more like, you know, a hall of oddities, a Ripley's believe it or not of guitars sort of thing. Yeah, like, it definitely fits in that. I would say, um, yeah, I 600. I mean, it's a, at its core, it's a Japanese jazz master, short, a short, a short scale yeah. jazz master, but it's like, Again, short scale, air quotes, whatever, 24. I don't think of 24 inches as short scale. I guess technically it is. It's only three quarters of yeah, an inch. Yeah, Steve thinks 24 inches is pretty dang long. Yeah, man. I mean, not compared to a base. I mean, who even wants to deal with 24 inches? I mean, to Steve, everything is short scale. That's true. Because he's a long guitar boy. Um, <laughs> but, you know, uh, beyond that, if it's a good playing Japanese guitar, yeah, which it probably is, it's just then kind of got this one weird thing. Now, to that, you know, six hundred dollars, and this thing is kind of like not in the best shape. It's not really original, as far as I've been able to tell. Like the that block's been replaced. There's no trim claw, so you know you'd have to replace all that if you wanted to actually like right use the trim. Well, you could put a nice bridge on there. It was a two point trim too. You could put something really fun on there. But it's like then you're spending six hundred dollars and some, and then you know something else. You know, was there a hole drilled there for a? Sw- oh, that's a, an LED indicator light for the battery. Oh, cool. Yeah, I don't. I I look at this and like, I think it'd be fun to get one of these and remove the amp, okay, functionality of it, and just turn it. <laughs> excuse me, I'm coughing on a. A spicy carrot. Uh, just turn it into a guitar, guitar, you know? Like, right. not worry about it being an amp. Turn it into just a player's guitar, like a white single-ply pick guard, humbucker in the bridge, maybe like a telly uh, pickup in the neck or something like that. But now you're talking about spending $600 for a project. I know. I just think it's fun. I just I, think it's a fun. I'm thinking, I'm just saying, like, right. like I kind of like the guy's pitch where it's like, oh, all your friends will be like, oh, you got that dumb guitar with an amp built in but it's like 
Yeah, but it's a sick playing guitar. Yeah, and when was the last time you saw a battery amp that was an offset? You know, it's it's a cool guitar. I mean, I feel like after this episode, I'm going to post the link to this to the Offset Guitars group. When have you ever seen a battery powered or uh, a guitar with an amp built into it? That was worth more than like I know, $150 right? or $100. I've, I've never seen a Fender. I mean, yeah, that's part of, I've never seen a Fender guitar with the amp built-in thing. And I, I realized that was a thing in the 90s. They were taking all these you, big nose amps and shoving them in guitars. You still see these a lot at like um, at NAMM, actually. Like a lot of the, yeah. the import booths have these. This specifically or just no, that concept? No, just like that concept. Like yeah, yeah. Guitars with built-in amps. Yeah. Well, what's new, Steve? How are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. We're both still here. We're both alive. Am I doing what's new first? Or you want to do what's new? You first? do what's new first. My what's new is I guess I have like my second video on the YouTube channel. Steve, is it my second video. Steve's got a big old bass demo head now. Look at this demo boy over here. It's famous. YouTube, I, that YouTube was the video when we first talked about. It, I was like, I was like, you should release a. Um, you should just release a blooper reel of Nam, but only, but it's, it's only that video. <laughs> um, but then you sent it to me and I was like, you know what? Like the playing isn't great, but like it's playing. And, you know, there wasn't like we just kind of winged a bass. Yeah. Like a bass oh, patch. I, I threw together a, a patch on the HX Stomp like in a minute. Yeah. I was like, here's a bass amp. Here's a bass cab. I hope it sounds good. I'll just mess with it in post. And it, it was fine. My favorite comment so far is the guy who um, was said, like, he's like, this is like the Napoleon Dynamite of YouTube videos. <laughs> and but the guy's name was um, was like uh, Blair Switch Project or something. So that's it was a like, fun name. It was like a very, it was like a mo- another movie pun. I was like a movie pun name making a punny movie reference. Like I'm in I'm in for that. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down. But I think we need to do, figure out how to get you on camera more playing bass. I think we need to get you set up in a way. Because, like, NAMM is crazy. Yeah. And to jump into yeah. doing a demo on camera at NAMM is a stretch for anyone. Like, it's amazing that I do what I do there. And I'm not saying how I'm do, amazing. I'm saying it, I'm just saying that, like, getting over being in the environment and then getting your head straight enough to actually make some some content that's worthwhile is... A lot. Yeah. Let alone to play clean, let alone to say anything worthwhile. Well, and it's funny too, because like we're, I was just messing around. With it. I was like, oh, this is cool. And you're like, you want to demo it? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> and then, and then, so like there are a few people, of course, like all of the videos from Nam. Oh, why didn't you tune it? Why didn't you tune it? When I know for yours, like you spent more time, like trying to tune some of them at least, yeah, yeah. Uh, depending on like how bus- busy the booth was. But I'm just there going like, I don't know how this, like, I'm like, literally, Ryan was like, plug it's it like in. the first time you've ever used an HX stock. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to play a couple of things here. Well, you know what? I will say, uh, despite uh, the technical issues of you not knowing quite to, what to do with the bass and whatnot. Or how to play bass. Or how to play bass in the moment. <laughs> uh, I thought you were very entertaining, and you were fun. And you, oh, said, thanks. you said funny stuff, and I mean... People like it. People are liking the video. So yeah, we yeah. need to do more of that. They just need to make, carve more time out of our business schedule yeah. for you to come over here and waste your time taking well, around got, on video. I've got uh, at least, 
I don't know what's going on with my kids' activities, how many of those are going to end up getting canceled, but like, I'm definitely seeing uh, things get canceled. Yeah. Oh, man. From this thing that we haven't mentioned, because everyone already knows, the toilet paper disease Um, is causing everyone to buy up all the toilet paper. High-life virus? (laughs) High-life virus. I keep... I keep hoping for a funner name for this coronavirus thing. I'm kind of hoping we name it after the first celebrity that it kills. Like whether that be. Oh, it's going to be Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks or someone else. You think Tom Hanks is not strong enough to fight it off? He's fine. Yeah, he'll be fine. Um, You know, it's so funny and and, um, not to. Hilarious. I know. Says Steve. I know. Nine out of ten stars. <laughs> it's like basically uncut gems. I didn't see that movie. Is that was that the, a funny movie? I have the no best, idea. The best comedy of 2020, says Steve. Coronavirus. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, and I think that's why like they moved really hard to start calling it by like its science name, right? Um, and uh, excuse me, I'll excuse you this time. Um. The biggest thing that I've observed is the amount of like non-science takes or like trying to be like, and this always and by happens. The way, people, like, Steve is, he works in the sciences. I know you can't say that you're a scientist because it's an official I actually, position. I, I, I am a scientist. I've been, I'm an associate scientist. He's an associate scientist. I didn't know you'd been upgraded. Yeah. Now I can, a while ago. Now I don't have to like sidestep it. I can I tell know, people Steve can, is a scientist. Yeah. Um, but uh, he like, knows about this stuff. There's a lot of just like hot take. Like we were talking about like the whole thing where people say like, Oh, the flu killed like 60,000 people last year. Like, but no one talks about that. Nobody's freaking out over that, but it's like, I get it. And it, it's a big deal. And that's why, you know, like they're always like, get your flu shot, which yeah. I, I didn't do, but, Me either. Um, but, uh, you know, all this stuff. And the thing that I think that is the biggest takeaway for me from all of this is it's not that. Like even like Ebola, when they talk about Ebola, like Ebola is a thing where they know what it is, right. they know why it happens, and they know how to prevent it. And this is a thing where like, yeah, it's not super widespread at this point, but it's like this literally is something that as far as scientists were concerned did not exist six months ago. Right. And that's actually what like the biggest scary part of it all is, is it didn't exist six months ago. We barely know anything about it. We don't know what's going to happen. And it's just kind of like showing up. And at least right now, like it's spreading really fast. And it seems to like, like literally I've been seeing things that are like this, like because of the way it spreads. And because like apparently the older you are, the worse it is for you. They're saying like, oh, if this like continues to spread the same way, like basically all that boomer wealth is going to go down the toilet real fast because it's like this could, you know. Yeah. And, and and the estimates are just estimates. Numbers are just numbers. Well, that you know, money's not going to disappear. It's going to go into the into. It's going to go medical. Into, it's going to go costs. into um. What is it? And uh, burial costs. Ooh, it, that's dark. Eschevement is that what it's called? Eschevement. I don't know. It's like when your bank account goes goes uh, idle, so the government takes your money. Oh, fun. Yeah, I forget what it's called. <laughs> um, but but you know, which isn't to say it will or won't. I just I've seen a number of like actual science-based um, publications say like, yeah, the estimates could like nothing could happen, but based on the current rates, if you compare it to like other things in the past, like this could be like, I actually saw one that said like, you know, a hundred million people in the United States could potentially get affected, which, which is like a standard cold. 
Sure. But like, peep, but like but a more a higher, deadly version yeah, of the cold, right? It's got a higher death rate than cold, though. Yeah. Right? And, and so I'm just saying, like, and honestly, I, I, understand why yeah. pe- I understand why people are skeptical. And there's definitely a lot of hype. I don't know why we're talking about this. And we should have saved it. You should have asked me what's new first. I shouldn't I have let you I go first. I told you. Um, I would just say, like, <sighs> a, lot, a lot of the hype is because... One person went and bought ten roll, ten bags of toilet paper, and then everybody else went and like, oh man, I don't want to run out of toilet paper. So every, I don't want to be the only like, person without toilet paper. So people keep saying like, oh, the media is hyping this thing. The media is hyping this thing. I have not like, I don't turn on the Today Show in the morning, and uh, what's the dude's name that does the weather on the on the Today Show? Sure, sure. Uh, uh, don't, ah. don't try to think of his name. Just continue the story. Anyway, you know, I don't turn on the Today Show and Kathy Lee Gifford's like, hey, everybody, coronavirus is coming. Go buy 40 boxes of toilet paper. Like, people are doing that on their own. No, it's it's a total, like, animal instinctual response to just being terrified and wanting to have some kind of control. And it's like, I just, I guess I'll just buy stuff. Yeah. I'll just buy stuff in yeah. case I don't have the stuff. Because if I don't have the stuff, then what will I do if they don't make more stuff? You know, it's just this yeah. animalistic. I, I panicked and bought a share of Apple. <laughs> What's new with you, Ryan? <laughs> I've been selling stuff. I've been selling a lot of things since the last time we recorded. That's why um, That's why the market was down and I was able to buy. Because you're selling. I've just, I finally hit the wall. I've been complaining about it for long enough. I'm just like, I just got to get rid of stuff. I've got too much stuff around here. I sold off the Celestian Blue in that big cab that oh, you I had. Did, uh, did you I, sell to anyone we know? No. Okay. Uh, I know you listed it in a in a in a secret local group. places. Yeah. Uh, I sold. Oh, I didn't sell. I gave away that busted Katana Fifty that I blew up. Mm-hmm. I put put that up on Craigslist. I'm like, come get it. And uh, that one was funny because the guy that came to pick it up when I opened the door, he looks up at me and he's like. You're, I'm like, yes, I am. And I handed him the, the amp and he closed the door. <laughs> I was like, enjoy it. Bye. And then I closed the door and then I felt really bad. <laughs> so I texted him later. I was like, hey, man, sorry. I was brief with you. I have family over, which was true. Yeah. Uh, it was my brother's birthday. When we were doing oh, the thing. Cool. Um, <laughs> and then I chatted with him a little bit and he's like, oh, yeah, I, I watched your video about blowing up and blah, blah, blah. Now you're text friends. <laughs> now, we're, yeah, we're, now we're texting friends. Uh, and then previously that day. I sold the the Harley Benton Fusion, yeah, with the Floyd Rose on it, because uh, I've been just sitting on it forever. I'm like, I never played this guitar. It's a fun guitar. It's cool that it's got stainless steel uh, frets. <laughs> I was gonna say, did you make sure that they knew it had stainless yeah. steel frets? <laughs> and but I always felt bad, like I should keep doing coverage of this because Toman gave it to me to do coverage with. And then I looked on their site; they don't even sell it anymore. <laughs> they don't sell that model anymore. So I was like, "This guy." Like, don't they just have a new version? Yeah, they have the two. We'll get the new version. Yeah, I'll get the new version. So I sold that. Um, I sold my only bass. I sold my slammer bass. So I'm baseless now. And it, my thought was like, with the bass, like, oh, because whenever I've made like a recording at home, I end up using a bass. Baseless, starring William H Macy. But I'm like, if I'm going to make an album, if I'm going to make a recording, a demo or whatever at home, I can borrow a bass. Yeah. Also, if I close my eyes and think about the bass I really want, the bass I want to see hanging on my wall. What is it? It's a Dan Electro Longhorn. Uh, it's like I could hold on to this bass or I could open up a space for it, a, a bass space and uh, wait for that Dan Electro to come into my life. 
You know, because I want one of those longhorns. If you get a longhorn, you need a display case for your base space. Oh, I need a base display case for my base space. Yeah, exactly. Ah, just in case I get a uh, get a base case. You might when you do a video, you have to make sure you, you get a close up of the base because yeah. some people want that base in the face. <laughs> also, when I sold when I sold the Harley Benton, the guy texted me half an hour later and he's like, "I just re- realized who you are." So, so, twi- so twice in the same do- day, I sold stuff to people who recognize me, which is making me think I need to like sell my stuff through like a third party or something oh like that. Oh my gosh! Or just or just a- like meet them at Starbucks, like yeah. I do. It's just I sold so much stuff in such a short amount of time that it's like I just want it gone. And yeah. I did everything for like get it gone prices too. Like I wasn't oh. I wasn't trying to do flips. I wasn't trying to get as close to like like top prices I could. I was just like. If I put this guitar up for this price, someone's going to contact me today. And it happened. It's because if you put it up for like full price, the guy's just going to come over and be like, be like, oh, isn't this retail? <laughs> isn't this pretty much retail? Oh, that feels a lot like retail to me. <laughs> so anyways. What's it going to take to put this in my hands and not in your hands? I, I guess. Uh, uh yeah, I'm just trying to sell stuff. I've got more stuff on the chopping block that I'm thinking about selling. I got a big box of pedals I want to sell. I got more guitars in the room that I want to sell. Uh, I changed the I, put, I changed the setback here. You'll notice there's shelves behind Steve. I brought the pedal shelves down with these IKEA shelves so that pedals are more kind of like centered in uh, the set because I want that to be more of a focus this year with demos is uh, incorporating pedals and using pedals. So that was my thought, and uh, all those. All those pesky guitars were in the way. Um, other than that, do we want to talk about the album? No, we want to talk about that shirt you're wearing. Oh, I'm wearing a shirt. We got a couple shirts from uh, Grant at Big Ear Pedals. Steve will wear his next week. And, we got uh, D- Barney the Dinosaur Colors right now. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. I didn't think about that. Uh, and he sent us a little note saying thanks. And the sick. I can't wait for this pedal to come I out, know. man. The Albi. This is a Cat Albert. It's one of those pedals that just keeps hitting roadblocks. I I did some <laughs> I did some fun stuff for it last year, and I've just been waiting for it to come out <laughs> and for want to get my hands so I can do the demo. But I, I, we've got some fun stuff planned for the Alpi launch. Yeah, thanks, Grant. Yeah, thanks a lot, Grant. Um, album change? You ready? Yeah, let's do this. Uh, this week's album is, uh, I guess, the other end of the decade. Well, actually, they're did both you pull in this, different decades. Did you pull this from the Inner Circle? Uh, I did. There you go. This is uh, Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction. This came out in 1987, I think. So almost 10 years after last week's Van Halen, Van Halen. Wow. It's crazy Um, to think that they were so far apart. You know, it's okay. So my first thought, like holistically of this is that. um, It makes you realize how long that shreddy metal scene lasted as a a genre. But it like to me like holistically like listening to Van Halen I would say like there's probably a track or two that I'm just forgetting but I feel like I could put on Van Halen for my kids. Oh sure. Oh you, you definitely I, can't do that with you, this album. You cannot do this for this album. Uh, it's, a, it's it's got that mature rating just because it's got a lot of f bombs in it. It does have a lot of f bombs in it. It has an entire song dedicated to. Uh, heroin yeah probably has multiple songs dedicated to hard drugs and i just don't understand hard drugs although the van halen album had some songs that were very sexually suggestive but if you're a kid you're just like oh he's just singing about ice cream right (laughs) right 
<laughs> I like the ice cream man too. I wouldn't mind being an ice cream man selling ice cream. Still talking about the Van Halen album. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I would say I don't want to compare this like to just to Van Halen, but um, you know, I thought uh, actually, okay. So one thought I had uh, um, was I'm going to skip Welcome to the Jungle. Y'all know that song, right? Yeah, yeah. Everyone. Knows I mean, there's Welcome a couple the big bangers. Yeah, Welcome to the Jungle, Paradise City. I think those are the big. Oh, Sweet Child of Mine. Yeah, obviously, yeah. Um, are kind of the big three off of this album. Yeah. Um, and then I realized that you know I think that might be all of the Guns N' Roses songs that I know. Really. Like I know November Rain is a song, but if you said, "Hey Steve, sing November Rain," nothing is going to come out of my mouth. Sure, sure. I've heard Mr. Brownstone on the radio before. I'm definitely familiar with the song. Yeah, it sounded really familiar, but I didn't know why. Um, it's so the song. It's so easy. Yeah, sounds like um, the Colt sounded a lot like the Colt to me. Like the other, sure. like their other vocalists. I mean, this is clearly one of those albums where, yeah. like, the songs you know, there's a reason why you know the songs because they are the bangers on the album. Yeah, and the rest are kind of like, oh, you like Guns and Roses? Here's more of that. I actually thought like pretty much every song on this album was really good. Like, I really yeah, enjoyed they're it. solid. Um, I I'm, I had some notes from the beginning going into one of the other songs. Um, my first note. Because it opens with Welcome to the Jungle. Another confirm your purchase intro, no buyer's remorse here. Like, if you bought this album, you pop it into your tape tr- tape deck in your car, your CD player, Welcome to the Jungle starts playing. It does not let you down for a moment of that song. It right. keeps going. It keeps delivering just this amazing feeling song. And uh, then it feeds into uh, It's So Easy. And it just kind of falls apart. Like it's fine. It's a fine song, but like it doesn't deliver that huge, just purchase confirming feeling, you know? Well, and it, I, I, like I said, I just thought that was like the vocals are so different and it's like, it just feels like it should be a completely kind of different. And that's right. Or I'm thinking, I get thinking, I think it's the cult I'm thinking of. And it's, what it's one like of those, the vocal is just this like really deep vibrato like yeah like it's very, one of those things where like if you hear like the B side songs off of an album like this off a band that their sound is so iconic and they have some hits that are so huge when you hear a song you haven't heard before it sounds like like a cartoonish like impersonation of that band right. you know it's like the way same way i said that that rush sometimes sounds like a cartoon impersonation of led zeppelin <laughs> You know, like, like it would be an example of like, you know, someone rolls up in a, in a Camaro in a movie and you hear generic heavy metal playing in their yeah. car and you're like, yeah. oh, that could be anyone, but they're, they're trying to sound like Guns N' Roses. Like I was getting that vibe from a bunch of the songs. Uh, but then on the other side of it, the songs that are really good and the songs that you're familiar with somehow managed to avoid being just the awkward cheese fest that they could be like you take this recipe that guns and roses has and anyone else who tries to hit it like your local band or whoever is trying to sound like guns and guns and roses. The moment you try to reproduce it at all, it just evolves into just gross, like middle-aged dad rock stuff. Right. And like very cheesy lyrics that don't land right. And very like, Kind of like it does. Like there's something where Guns N' Roses makes this thing that could be very awkward and very cheesy and very cringy, 
somehow they make it feel authentic. Mm-hmm. And I, well, that's because they were very gross, right? Cringy, <laughs> and cheesy guys. But like, I, I think you believe it, right? Like when you hear Guns and Roses doing it, you believe it. If you heard someone else doing it, you'd be like, "Oh, you're just you're you're you know idolizing a you know a rock and roll fantasy or whatever." And it, yeah. for me, it's like I've seen I've seen how you live your life. You're you've got a desk job and you you're just some dude, you know. It's true. I'm just some dude. Just some dude. I've seen how you live. Are you life, got any Steve. other notes? I'm sure I do. Uh, I mean, can we recommend this album? I mean, it's a classic, I guess. Uh, my last note was, if you like Guns N' Roses, this is a great album because it's a lot of the same stuff over and over again. <laughs> I feel like that's your review of every album. Maybe because like, good albums do give you like a lot of the same thing. Also, I, I commented... Uh, Slash is one of those guitarists where you just poke him with a stick and he starts doing his thing. <laughs> and he does he just doesn't stop doing his that thing. That is one of the things actually I noticed um with this album in particular is a number of like riffs where I'm like, this entire song is like three chords and then slash going crazy for thirty seconds. You, I've never listened to a full Guns N' Roses album. And once you do, you super hear the slashisms. Like yeah. there's things he does. Like the same way I, in all my demos, I play the same dumb riff that I can't get away from because it's yeah. a safety riff. He has some safety riffs that he doesn't get away from, and there's just like just pure slash. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, um, I laugh. Like I said, I enjoyed it. Um, nope. I- nope. Nope. There we go. Um, I think between the two, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to go back to comparing it. Uh, but uh, yeah, so next, uh, I don't know. I liked it. What I listen to? Do you want to li- listen end? to another Guns N' Roses album? I was thinking next week uh, we should review uh, Poison, a Poison album. Not next week, but the week after. No, next week. <laughs> we're not going <laughs> Dang to. It, Steve. Right? That was supposed to be the joke. Is that we say that next week we're reviewing a Poison album, but then we don't. And then that could just be a bit where every week we say the name of an artist that we're going to review next week, but then we don't. Hilarious joke. It's very funny. <laughs> this week's episode <laughs> is brought to you by uh, Diderio, uh, makers of the XT guitar string. The XT takes the uh, carbon steel twist of uh, the carbon steel string and the uh, twist whatever they do to make it magical from the nyxl they did cool stuff and made a great great string guys and uh they put this super thin super can we call it slinky or will we get sued i wouldn't say it's Uh, slinky i'd say it's it's stretchy oh i was gonna say slick i'm saying it's slippery it's slippery slippery. not when wet Uh, it's slippery all the time time. uh coding technology on it it's freaking great and like i'm gonna say like they More, sent me like a dozen packs of these, and I knew I chewed up like five or six of them in one video. Yeah. I've only got two packs left. I wrote to Dario, and I was like, send me more of those. I'm loving them on everything I put them on. I'm like, I'm not joking here. Like, I'm loving these strings. Legit. Like, yeah. My, I picked up my Strat the other day, which is the first thing I strung these with. Mm-hmm. Still slick. Still swingy. Still feels great. That's amazing. These are the best, like, coded strings I've ever used in my life. Like I'm not joking, guys. I really love these things. Like, what if, when, if, and when the Diderio sponsorship stops, I'm gonna keep using these things. I'm gonna buy them with my own money. I'm not joking around here. Dang. But I, I mentioned their price. I think a couple of weeks ago, 
They're not five dollars no, like strings. Twelve or fifteen or something. But they're gonna last longer than if you bought twenty dollars worth of strings. Yeah. I think yeah. there's I think there's value there with these. If you're not someone who breaks strings on the bridge all the time because you're a you know a crazy because monster. Because you need to get your bridge looked at because if you're it like has a burr. If you're like me and you don't break strings, you ch- you change them when they're just covered in dirt and crust. Gross. Get these because they're not gonna have that issue and they're gonna last you a long time. I just put a set on my Jaguar and I put the 11s on there. I'm going to talk about that next episode. Okay. It changed things. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, topic. We're going to go back to coronavirus talk. Oh, we should have saved that talk for now. I know. Uh, this was sent by Scott Hamilton. He well, says, we covered all the, we gave people the news like, oh guys, if in case you haven't heard, there's a virus called coronavirus and Steve knows all about it because he's a scientist. All right. Now we can move on to some conceptual stuff yeah. with this disease that is plaguing the land. And you know, people might not actually hear this episode because it's publishes in a few days and we might all be dead. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, Scott Hamilton says, will coronavirus revive Craigslist with a new mass of people needing to make rent? Um, I actually think, you know, from what I've seen, this could be a, a definite thing. Um, a lot of, is it bad to get excited about that thought? Because I am a little bit, I think it's (laughs) at least a little awkward. When I saw, when I saw him post that topic, I was like, Oh shoot. And I jumped on Craigslist Oh my and I discovered in that moment of, instinct and trying to capitalize on other people's sorrow. I realized that my heart's desire. Cause the first thing I searched for was a Vibrolux. <laughs> I guess, I guess wow. that's what I want. No, I saw. Um, so we have, a uh, like a couple studio guys in the, in the group or in other groups that we're in, um, who were saying that like basically all of their shows for the rest of the month. Yeah have been canceled and they only have like one date currently in April because nobody's like not like, not only are they canceling everything in like the next two to three weeks, um, but they're not doing any. So like whatever, if you had something booked in April, it's staying right, but they're not booking anything additional in April yet. I Um, mean, whether you're booked or not, good luck getting people to crawl out of their caves made out of stacks of toilet paper to come see your band play. At least like, um, you know, professional musicians or like people who rely on being a musician for income, like are seeing like a huge downturn because, you know, was it, I think in California, it's like any or any gathering of more than 250 people. They're saying like, yeah, you probably shouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, thousands of people are cramming into Costco's to buy toilet paper. Oh <laughs> yeah, does Costco count as a you know, gathering of more than 250 yeah, people? Yeah, every single day, all day. I did notice, though, in those videos that people were posting, like, very evenly spaced, orderly lines. No one was getting up in <laughs> anyone's faces. They're like, everyone was observing their personal bubbles. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, if this if that starts happening, Steve, if stuff starts going on fire sale on Craigslist because people need rent money and, you know, they they can't go to work for whatever reason. Maybe they're a school teacher and school's school's out because school's canceled, guys. School's canceled. My kids, our kids are home for a month now. 
Yeah. Until unless things change drastically, they How might be out for work? longer. Like, if they're out for the next like three weeks, are they just going to cancel spring break and this becomes spring break? It's going to be it's going to feed into spring break. One week of it is part of spring break. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, for for Henry's school. Oh, okay. Um, what are you, what are you looking for on Craigslist? Like, what kind of opportunities? I don't know, man. Do you have? I mean, you're super rich, Steve. I I I don't even have to ask this question, but you've got money liquid, ready to buy stuff. Conceptually, here, what are you going to buy if it pops up? Half stack. A half stack. Damn, Mesa, Mesa Boogie. Damn, son. Got to get that Mesa Boogie. Are you thinking just because you want it, or is this like a, a prospective, speculative sort of investment? Oh no, it's just because I want it. <laughs> That's actually interesting, though. Is like just like thinking about it, like the speculative thing. Like, are we going to see a bunch of people who've been hoarding, like? Freaking Squire Venuses. Oh, man. Oh, if I saw some the weird... market, The market is flooded with the Squire Vista series. If I saw some weird stuff coming up, I might not be able to resist. Uh, 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 Joe Branton posted that Yamaha, that vintage 60s Yamaha SGV Flying Samurai that's, I think, at GAC. He still works at GAC, right? Oh, it's like two grand. He doesn't work at GAC. He works somewhere. He did a setup on this thing. Maybe he's just doing setups for GAC now. I thought he just works for uh, himself. Doesn't I don't he know. run like a, vin- a used guitar? Oh, maybe that's it. Uh, is it uh, Harlequin Guitars? Oh, okay. He's got his own deal. I think. He's got his own deal now. Good for him. I don't pay atten- enough attention to those sweet, sweet boys anymore. Uh, I don't have time to listen to podcasts. But, uh, <laughs> man, that thing looks so sweet. And friggin' Grant, don't go buy it for me. <laughs> It's too expensive. It's like two grand. I've always wanted one of those flying samurais, but I've always looked at like the reissue versions of it. And this is a sixties version. Freaking like Terry and the bunny style. If that was local, I'd be, I'd hit the guy up whoever had it and be like, Hey, if you get desperate, I've got (laughs) $1,200. I don't know. Maybe I should be watching out for vintage Mose rights and stuff. Ah, there you go. Was it this one? Yeah. Yeah, that's Harlequin Guitar Club. Yeah. That is. That's his own deal, huh? Well, I it's it says it's a group of people, so it might just be like a like a, few, a like co-op. more than just yeah, they are like it's Harlequin Guitar Club. Interesting. They're a club. They're I run, a club. I You know what? That's the problem. I didn't get invited into the club. It's not my fault. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. We're going to start one. We're going to start one called um, uh, Joker (laughs) Instrument Collective. Yeah, suck it. Boom. So you're going to get a half stack. You're going to get a a Mesa half stack for some reason. Yeah, and I'm going to play a Dan Electro Longhorn through it. (laughs) A bass or a guitar? Both. Damn. Double neck. Double neck. No, I think there could definitely be some like weird stuff pop yeah. up. It's gonna if there's weird stuff popping up and it's a good value. It's, I'm gonna have a tough time. Maybe I should stay away from Craigslist for a while. Here's what I'll do: I've got a 30 pack of of toilet paper unopened. I'm gonna use that for trade bait when I see something good come up. I'm like, you need toilet paper? I know you want toilet paper. Give me that Yamaha. I want that Yamaha. <laughs> All right, on to the next ad. I think we've killed this topic to death. Yeah, this is a. It's not uh, getting back up. 
This is a uh, Diarmin Bedazzle. This was sent by Stephen Stacy. It's a Diarmin M55 1999 Red Rhinestone Bedazzled, $199. Um, there's no description. Um, it doesn't need one, Steve. This guitar needs no description. How much value do you think bedazzling adds to a guitar, Ryan? Zero. Well, it adds value to the person who did the bedazzling and wants to own the guitar. But most people who do bedazzling on a guitar quickly don't want that guitar anymore. I mean, I guess if you're into bedazzling, this was well done. It's decent. It has some strong points and it falls apart at other places. Yeah, I don't understand these random additions. Oh, those it looks are like they gaps. It looks like they ran out of the colors that they were using and like, ah, we're just gonna have to fill this in with these other colors that we have. Cause the pink mm. and the, like the turquoise and the white, uh, color scheme going on mm-hmm. is cool. I think it should be over a different color than the red guitar, but it's, it's cool. They were going for a cool and then thing. All of a sudden there's this rainbow. Yeah. It, it a totally different style of, of rhinestone in there. They, they lost the script at some point. This is uh, $199 plus $50 shipping. Remember when these guitars were in shop and they were trying to clear them out for like 75 bucks and stuff? Yeah. They're trying to get rid of these DRMs. And this is like the M55, so it's single pickup. Um, and it doesn't, have the, it doesn't even have the cool DRMin pickup. It's just a standard like junk humbucker. All right. How much would you pay for this? Nothing. I'm not going to buy this. Super Rich Steve, full price, shows up with a heat gun and removes the bedazzling in the driveway and then keeps the guitar. No, here it is. Super Steve shows up full price, throws in a, uh, a fat $50 tip because all you've got is Benjamin's. And you're like, I want to throw in a little extra. How do you throw in a $50 tip? Oh wait, Benjamin's are hundreds, right? <laughs> Which ones are the fifties? Franklin's? I don't know. You, no, you throw in a button. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, the hundred dollar bill is the Benjamin Franklin, but which one are the Franklins? Shut up! Is that what I did? Yeah, Damn you're it. like the the hundred dollar bill is the Benjamin, which but one, which one's the Franklin? Which ones are the fifties? Um, I don't know. I've, is it Jefferson? I never see fifty dollar bills. <laughs> yeah, Steve never sees a fifty dollar bill. He only sees those hundreds. Uh, so anyway, Steve shows up, overpays for this thing just to make a point. Uh, in the driveway, he's got oh, a U.S. Grant. U.S. Grant in the driveway. There is a van with a jeweler inside, outfitted with full full jeweling machinery and equipment. You bring the guitar to him, and he full on Fabergé eggs this oh guitar. Oh my god! Just encrusts it with hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of jewels and that's gold. a good point that's good that's point. what super rich steve would do and then and then while the person that you bought it from watches in amazement you receive the guitar from the master jeweler and then you burn it in the driveway <laughs> there we go <laughs> and the jeweler there watches we as well he's like he's always doing this i just don't understand like i like once you bejewel it, man, it's yours. It's permanent. Yeah, it's kind of like peeing on something. This guy's got some like cool. Like, <laughs> is this a store? Because like, when you look at the next picture, it says it's Main Street Music of Carborough. So this must be something that like this had to get dropped off at a store as a yeah, trade or something. Because there's uh, you look in the background and there's some cool, what are that cool, cool fender amps, amps, and there is uh, some kind of is that a fender uh, amp? That's a fender, right? Some I think sort the of, bottom one is a fender. The top one is a valve. It just says, oh, it's a valve valve train? 
I don't know. It looks cool though. There's the Moserite Ventures base like in the a, back. Some kind of base thing. There's another like Hoffner style base. There's a banjo that you can only in there. See a part of. There's a keyboard. There's Ooh. a keyboard in the shop. There's some pit guards on the wall. Oh, you're right. There it is. Valve train. Yeah. I didn't see that picture. Yeah. I'm just like, so, I mean, these guitars are not worth very much. They're not worth getting, um, that for a while there was a run of these DRMans that had the good DRMAN pickups. And this is also not that it's not that. And people were buying the cheap DRMAN guitars with the good pickups just to salvage the pickups and then like move the guitars. DRMAN with the good pickups. Yeah. So now I, I say pass. I say don't buy this ever for anything. I, if you see this and it speaks to you, then I can't stop you. If you're like, yeah, that's the that that's a perfect rhinestone job for my look, then you're weird. What kind of band? You have bad what taste. kind of band do you need to be in to play this guitar on stage? One with bad taste. I don't know. I'm uh, fine. The with, answer is Flaming Lips cover band. I'm fine with like rhinestone jobs and like whatever you can do, but just make it look good. And this Glenn Campbell cover band. This doesn't look good. You know, it almost looked good. Parts of it almost looked good. The, the, they started with a good plan. It's like when like a community has a good like community plan for like what's going to happen in their neighborhood for the next hundred years. And then it just goes sideways and they don't actually do the plan and everything's awful. Like that's what happened here. They had, a, they started Are you talking about the Regents road bridge. <laughs> they started with a good plan. I'm talking about all the condos being put up in Mira Mesa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they started with a good plan, and then at some point they gave up, and it just went sideways. And they're like, ah, I'm just going to put all the rhinestones I have on here. <laughs> We've got room for another Applebee's. Yeah. All right. This, uh, this week's uh, episode is also brought to you by Chase Bliss Audio. I've got five of them in a row on my shelf back here. I've got them grouped together. I've got the Condor. I've got the Mood. I've got the warped vinyl hi-fi. I've got the gravitas, and I've got uh, the, the 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 tonal recall. Where's the dark world? Uh, the dark world is on my board. Oh dang! Where is the third May? Is my question. Is it still up there? It's still, it's up, still there. up there. It's still up on the upper rail. We're like, where is it? Where is oh, it? Man, my heart started to pound a little bit. I yeah. love the third May. I love all those pedals, honestly. Uh, Chase Plus Audio makes pedals that were at their core um, are just fantastic sounding effects. And then they have like so many switches and knobs. Somebody asked for some advice on the mood and I hope I gave them the right answer. Uh, they said that when they turned it off, it just keeps going and they didn't know how to bypass it. No, I saw it. your answer. You gave and them the right answer. I was like, answer. flip the trail switch, I hope. Yeah. Um, no, because but it's, anyway, it's a granular looper. If the trail switch is on, that granular loop is never going to stop. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, there's just so much you can do with them. Go check out the demo videos online. Uh, don't let, watch Ryan's. They're not very good. Hey! Go, go watch like the knobs demo. <laughs> knobs demos are good. But mine give you the information. Knobs just like, he just makes cool, wild sounds for 10 minutes. That's my, true. Mine are like a manual. Like when I need to remember something about my uh, Chase Bliss pedals, like, oh, I'll go rewatch my video where I explain yeah. how it works. <laughs> um. Yeah, go check them out, chaseblissaudio.com. They make uh, pedals with a digital brain and an analog heart. That just happen to be more creative than you are. <laughs> I delivered that so oh, corny. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, this next is, I guess this is a topic. This is from Zoe June, who asked, not sure if anyone else noticed, but the bridge pickup on the new Epiphone SG Special, which has that sweet, sweet headstock, uh, is farther away from the bridge compared to its Gibson counterpart. 
Um, that, yeah. Okay. So is the bridge, has the bridge pickup moved or the, has the bridge moved? It looks like the bridge has moved. Uh, no, no the I bridge think pickup the, br- has moved. the bridge pickup has moved. Cause look at the difference in the pick guards. Yeah. Yeah. You could not swap pick guards on these guitars. So, I mean, I, do I, Steve is perplexed. I've never seen him. So just flustered I'm just trying before. to figure out what, like what, what the thought process here is with this. I don't know. Maybe it's based on different versions of the concept. Or maybe it really is just Gibson saying it can't be exactly the same as the Gibson. It has to be tweaked in some way. So just move the pickup a bit. I honestly look at the Epiphone and I know my history of pickup placement and where I like pickups to be. And I think I might prefer the Epiphone placement. So the previous um, Epiphone Limited SG Special 1, the one that has humbuckers, has the humbucker right next to. Like right on it. Like right on it. Um, I really wish I'd tried all these Epiphones at NAMM. I just did a couple of Les Pauls and then I moved on to the Gibson stuff because the Gibson stuff looked really cool. But I didn't realize all the Gibson stuff was like six grand. (laughs) I should have been messing with the Epiphone stuff the whole time. No one's going to want to watch those videos. No, I'll just catch up with them at at Summer NAMM. Those are too expensive. They are pretty expensive and people haven't been watching those videos as much as I would have liked. It's not anyone's fault but my own. I should have been doing more Epiphone stuff. But yeah, that's so that's so weird. I'm, and I'm trying to see if they give any kind of like. Which one would you choose, Steve? Not brand, not based on brand, but if like they were the same brand, same price, and you were picking one, which placement would you choose for um, you? I think I like the placement on the Epiphone more, but it's more of an aesthetic decision. I always thought like the pickup right next to a an wraparound tailpiece just looks weird. Right. And I don't like it. I almost kind of wish the Epiphone was a single pickup, no pickup in the neck. Mm, like a, then that like pla- a junior special. Then that placement would look really good. Yeah. It would make a little bit more sense, too. Yeah, it just says it's based on this classic guitar and da 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 I don't really see any like actual explanation. And I think no explanation needed, Steve, honestly. I mean, they're Epiphone. They can do no wrong, right? They can just do whatever they want. Uh, oh, interesting. They describe it as neck pickup and uh, mid pickup. They're no bridge pickup. They don't call that a bridge pickup. Interesting. <laughs> I just made that up. Shut up. I was like, really? That is wild. But you're just a liar. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, you got anything else to say about this? Uh, I'm looking at pictures of SG Specials. That 61, the pickup looks farther away. It looks in between. Well, that that also that tailpiece is like slanted in a different direction. Too. Right. That's another reason it's different. That SG Special Cherry right there, the pickup's farther away. More like the Epiphone. Huh. I think the Epiphone is more correct. Interesting. So maybe it's just something that's like changed over the years, or, or maybe they, something something model? new they're trying. Something new they're trying on the Gibson. Like here's a 2018 Gibson with mini bunkers and the humbuckers farther but away from the bridge. That's not special. Well, that's like, but that's still, not this like kind look of at special. look at this. Look at the spacing still. Like the spacing still matters. Yeah. Even though it's not wraparound. I mean, the, it, looking at the like the more humbuckery uh, SGs, the pickups are right on top of the bridge typically. Yeah. But these ones with 
P90s, the P90 is typically farther away from the bridge. I think the Epiphone is more correct. Mm. Not correct. I mean, nothing's correct. It's all just made up. None of it matters. But it's more vintage correct or more like honest or more representative of the past. Right. Right. I don't know. My gut tells me I'd prefer the Epiphone placement, not just because I can afford it. What do you guys think? Let us know. Let, us, in the know. Comments. Let us know if you know what we're missing here because we all clearly did not do any research. Yeah, fill us in. <laughs> all right. Uh, this is a part of the show where we thank some people for doing some stuff. Aw, damn. Here we uh, go. So this week uh, at the $5 level, which is the best friends level, I'd like to thank Gary DeFiore Ridolf. Uh, for supporting us. Thanks, Gary. And then at the $1 level, um, we have uh, Dylan Pank and uh, Robert Butterworth. So thanks, guys. Uh, you know, Ryan mentioned, I think, a couple episodes ago that um, Patreon tried to get us to wipe out the $1 level. No freaking way. And, We're uh, not going to do it, Patreon. You and, can't pressure us. And I looked into it, and I was like, because I thought, like, man, we have a lot of people at the $1 level. And there's like 19 people at the $1 level, which is nothing to, you know, nothing to brush off easily. You know what? But but with that, like, so the first thing that crossed my mind was like, you know what? Like, if we wiped out the $1 level, we would only need half of these people to come back at the $2 level to be making the same amount of money. And I was like, you know what? It's not really about the money. Like, the $1 level is cool. I like the $1 level. $1 level is so that anyone can afford to feel like they're contributing. I think, And also, like, 20 bucks a month from $1 level people. I pay for pedals for the affordaboard with Patreon money. $20 a month buys me one pedal a month. 12 yeah. pedals a year that I get to uh, demo and explore for you guys to try to find the best affordable pedals for the affordaboard. And the $1 people are doing it. They're doing a dozen pedals a year. That's yeah. not nothing. That is significant. I mean, only seven pedals fit on that thing. Is this is the K-Line uh, snake bite supposed to be an Earthquaker clone? It looks like it, but it doesn't sound like it. I actually wish I'd asked you to bring the Afterneath over. Oh. Because some people were like, oh, yeah, why would I buy an Afterneath if I could get that? I was like, well, because the Afterneath sounds completely different. Oh, okay. Because the mean, Afterneath. It's not like, I just saw six knobs. I went, huh. Yeah, it's the same layout, but the Afterneath is like deeply modulated. Yeah. That's not yeah. modulated at all. It's a it's a really like lush ambient delay, but it's not. It doesn't have any sort of pitch modulation on but it. Does it do the thing where like you turn it off, but it's on a really high setting, and when you turn it back on, it blows out the speakers at your church? I haven't experienced that. Anyway, all this to say, <laughs> if you'd like to support the show, head on over to Patreon.com and search for Sixty Cycle Hum, or go to Patreon.com/slash60CycleHumcast. Also, you you contribute at the dollar level, you still get your name at the end of the episode. Yeah, that's right. I'm gonna have to update that list. You want your name famous oh, on the internet? A dollar, a dollar will do it. Even one month, you do it for one month, and it'll be up there for four episodes. Grab that link. Grab uh, it. Grab that link Don't to the go. video. Add on the little uh, tag that gives you the timestamp, and then post it on your Facebook feed or whatever, and be like, guys. My, My name. name is on the internet. My name is on a video. Woo! All right. This next ad was sent to us by Mojo Stompboxes. Yep. Sweet, sweet boys from down under. This is a country a... that doesn't exist. It's all a conspiracy by NASA. I thought that was New Zealand that doesn't exist. No, they just don't actually exist because they're not on the map. But NASA puts Australia on the map to fool us. 
I don't know what you're talking about. Mojo Stop Boxes is in on the conspiracy. Anyways, they sent us this ad for a neck on Reverb. Yeah, so this is a... F- oh, you- okay, you, you look, look. I'm going to stop This is a Fender Select Telecaster neck, 2013 natural. I want $300 for this. Nope. Um, where is that descripto? So this is a tough one. These guitars were made from very choice wood by Fender, usually in a limited hundred guitar run. They are incredible guitars. I've played complete ones before. The full guitar in great shape tends to go for three thousand. Uh, the story: I got this neck from a guy that had tons of random parts. He sanded the finish off, obviously, and kept the serial number intact. You can see remnants from the Fender logo on the face. He stained it with an ebony stain. It was going to clear over that, but never got to finish the job. So I bought it. I don't feel like reshaping the neck since it's a little deeper than what I like. So I'm selling it to whoever wants this fun project. The truss works. The frets are in great condition. The, you can see the stain has dark in places, but maybe bleaching the wood or staining it otherwise could really make it shine. Then applying a nice finish as well. Feel, fee, feel free to make offers. This looks like trash. You know what's really sad about this too? What? Is you can, a lot of those little spots in there, you think it's just like, the weird stain that he did on it mm. is bird's eye. Like all those little dimples. He oh. just wrecked a bird's eye maple neck that looks like it would have been beautiful. Jeez. Jump on jump on the uh, description if you're listening to the podcast to look at pictures of this thing. It looks like it was pulled out of like tar. It looks like it was pulled out of a tar monster's anus. Like this is really sad. I don't know why some what would what was this person thinking? I don't know if you can salvage this. I uh, you can't luthiers out there. Let let us know if you can salvage this. Like in my mind, the only way to salvage this is to strip all the frets away and keep sanding until you get into raw wood again and get underneath this stain, which might be pretty deep in there because he's. I just have a bad instinct about this. Like it's never going to look good. Maybe someone could do some sort of like painted neck project with it, or they could sand it even more and just really soak it in stain and go like for a full ebony sort of look. But I don't know. I don't know if there's hope for this. Man, I'm looking at it. looks like when I first saw the the thumbnails for this, I was like, Oh, is that some sort of weird, like, like spalted maple with like a calico cat pattern to it. Like, is this some sort of bizarre exotic wood? And then you see the close-ups, and you realize just how bad it looks. I didn't realize that this was like stained. I just thought somebody like was trying to do some kind of wacky relic job. The fact that this was done like with the intention of actually trying to do something. It looks like black mold. <laughs> it looks like it got wet and left in a basement and just got black mold. Yeah, all no, over that it. I mean that's it looks like. It looks like somebody was, I don't know. It's, um, it looks like, here's the thing. You can buy one of these guitars on reverb right now for $1,400. Right. So I don't know if, what a fair price is for one of these necks. Uh, I'm not really finding anything that's easy. Yeah. Uh, here's a 2012. Oh, this is a Fender Select Telecaster with violin burst. So this is the whole thing. They look they look good. The pictures I found of the guitars themselves. This is just like, it's heartbreaking kind of. And the thing is, is, you know, we're talking about it, but there's no finish apparently whatsoever on this. So 
I mean, you can kind of go raw on a maple neck, but most people Oh, I don't. could go raw on a maple neck. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for my blue humor, kids at home. <laughs> Just everything about this looks sad. Yeah. I mean, so especially knowing that this is a stain, so it's not even like, oh, I found this super dirty thing, da, 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 and I don't want to deal with it, da, 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 da. like. This is the sort of thing you test on just some junk neck and you realize it was a bad idea. Like, why did this person start with such a nice neck? Yeah. Who who gave them the license to... <laughs> who do you think dick, you are? To dick around with a neck like this. What gives you the just right? Just another super rich Steve out there. Probably no. your, uh, your arch nemesis. More like super dick Steve. Super dick Steve. It's double funny because Dick is also a nickname for people named who are named Rich. Yeah, yeah, because it all it all comes yeah. from Richard. Yeah, that's true. Way to way to crack that nut wide open, Steve. I'm glad we're all on the same page now. <laughs> this week's song was sent by Sven Nystrom. Songs, notes, and a photo. Hi, Stephen Ryan. You said you were short on songs, so I thought thought I'd save you. First, let me say how much I enjoyed Ryan's analysis of Exile on Main Street. It was gold. I took these quotes with me. Quote, it feels like it's all from the same recording session. Quote, it could be three hours longer or half the length and still get the same amount of content out of it. Quote, it's the same thing over and over again. Quote, I want to hear a jump in styles or concept or varieties. Ha 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 ha. If I didn't like it so much, I'd make a snarky comment about how all these quotes could apply to a certain podcast from a garage in San Diego. I think he's talking about the Tone Jerks. Yeah, that's a rude thing to say about the Tone Jerks. Uh, the photo then. Just a street view I found in Bangkok to, that made me think, how does Super Rich Steve pay? Does he use D-Money? So it, it's a picture of like a money transfer place called D-Money. Uh-huh. And there's a sign at, on the bottom that says Super Rich. Um, and it said, I think you should buy that chain of banks, Steve. No. And last, the song from Lodong. Is it Lodonger? Did we figure that out before? I don't know. I'm sending three over today. All are recorded mostly live into GarageBand in our rehearsal room. I use my 1976 Rickenbacker 4001 through two amps, a Laney Clip 60 top through a Marshall 115, and a smaller Marlboro combo. The single chains are a Fox Rocks Octron 2, a Shinai Fuzz. Is it Shinai? Shinai? Yeah, something like that. Fuzzwall. I've heard Shinny. I've heard Shinai. A 50-50. ka Nice. Uh... <laughs> And an EHX double muff. Lars mostly uh, Lars plays mostly on a tenor guitar that I built for him through two or three amps and some pedals. Milo plays drums. Uh, so he lists off these three songs. The song we're going to play is called uh, Debt Man Ska, which means what you oughta. The other ones are called Debt R Inte Yog, which means it's not me. And the third one is called Do, which means you. Um, and there's a, there's a, I'll, we'll have a link in the show notes for, uh, their SoundCloud. If you want to check out more, I got to download this song now. <laughs> oh, great. Ryan, do something entertaining. Uh, here I am. My name is Ryan. I'm on the Shut show.
garagey. I like it. Yeah, I, I always like I, you know, we've talked about Rick and Bacher stuff before, but like, man, their bases sound cool. Uh, one of the bases at my church has two Rickenbackers. I know, right? It's a lot. <laughs> well, anyways, bye, everybody. Stay grounded. <laughs>